Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. A one, a two, a one, two, three, four. <laughs> Another beautiful day on the Victor Bravo Golf Course. The sun is shining, the birds are about, and there's a sudden pause in the crowd. Michael Michelson steps up to the tee box. 15th hole here, driver's recommended. <laughs> oh, is he a caveman? Because it's suddenly clubbed that one. What do you reckon, George? <laughs> I mean, did he hit that with the dictionary? Because that was a terrible read. <laughs> G'day and welcome. This is Golf. Andrew Datto is my name. It's a pleasure to be in your ears as we celebrate the 2021 Hickory Shafted Championships of Australia. They've been one and done, postponed from last year. And uh, we're going to talk a little bit about hickories today, but we're also going to talk about them in a bigger, broader sense of what they bring to the game um, and how they actually saved one man's golfing life. And that's exactly what happened. I'm talking about a gentleman called Darren Watt, but we'll get to him and his mate Lockie, and they are really good blokes and very interesting. First to the uh, the winners of Grinners. In the foursomes, well done to Phil Baird, a former contestant on this podcast, with Dave Saunders. So they won the foursomes over Alan Grieve, who's a US Open championship in the Hickories and Jack Roach. And then in the individuals, Tim Sayers did it again with... A, an amazing 72 at Longreef on a blisteringly hot day. Course was beautiful. Dave Saunders was second. Where's Dado? Dado, 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 Dado. Oh, he shot 80. He shot an 80. Uh, and missed that on the handicap um, event by one. I know. Tough. Shouldn't have three-putted, should you, son? Let's get to this week's podcast. And, uh, and I tell you, it is about – well, no one ever says, you know, golf – well, no, people often say golf's a funny game, um, but they're really laughing when they say it. But golf is something of a saviour, and it's most certainly a spiritual game. And that is how our guest Darren Watt saw it himself. Really good golfer, um, good amateur life, good amateur history, and then just lost faith in what he was doing and what he was playing. And it was the hickories that brought him around. It's a big story and a long story. Um, but really interesting, definitely something for all of us in this one. Um, and just about 
enjoying ourselves and enjoying the game. You'll hear his mate Lockie Wilson as well. Lockie is a he is a guitar maker and fixer and now a golf club aficionado as well. So I hope you enjoy this. Uh, Darren Watt, and we started with how he came to the game of golf, a game that he has adored for a long time. Country New South Wales. It's Griffith, 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 Trimboli, Trimboli, Don McKay, um, the whole lot. <laughs> I'd been playing soccer, and from you know four through to fourteen, you had one year age increments. Hit fourteen, I had to go into under sixteens. Didn't make the cut. You're right, right. Needed a sport. Golf uh, was it. Hand eye coordination uh, sort of there, and it went from there. Turn on the television. And I have really strong memories of Greg Norman waving, uh, Greg Norman Fuzzy Zeller in the 1984 US Open. I was hooked. Right. Um, I was hooked by the, the flair and the dynamic nature of uh, the shark. But also, for me, it, and probably looking back, his resilience to bounce, bounce back from loss because that had kind of been my journey through sports. Never quite right. good enough, Yeah. but always aspiring to be better. Did it trouble you that you weren't... Good enough at the time, like you know, because because literally ninety nine point nine percent of us are not good enough, and you just sort of bounce back. So, jumped right into golf. I'm I'm a bit obsessive uh, in the way I operate, and by the age of sixteen, I was playing off single figures. Five, getting to the end of year ten, offered a traineeship as as a professional golfer. Yeah. But in the background, I've got teachers saying, you, you, know, you should be looking at university as a pathway. Yeah. So, and what were your parents saying? Uh, my parents were great. They just let, they encouraged me to play every sport and they, they let me choose my pathway. And being a very conservative, anxious individual, I stuck with what was safe. And at that stage, school was safe. And I, I finished school. Uh, I stayed in Griffith because it was safe. Worked for a year. Then I finally took, you know, a chance and went to university. Right. So I got out of Griffith uh, by going to university and golf was you know, a huge part of my life, but I hadn't made the step. I was still a four or five marker and you were watching Peter O'Malley, uh, Brett Ogle, Lucas Parsons. They were, the, they were the young guys we were playing junior golf against and yeah. they were just superior. So, so, I mean, this is a story in two parts. This is in part a story about the, you, the game of hickory, right? Playing hickory golf, which is just, you know... It's well, we both know it's mm. brilliant, right? It's fun, but it's also a story about anxiety and golf bringing you back from the precipice. Absolutely. So, we just to set it up, you said when you were younger, you were quite anxious. Like, did you know you were an anxious kid? Or, or? I think looking back in hindsight, the reason why I was anxious, I grew up on a farm. Uh, my grandfather was a World War II vet, and he I only knew him as a um, blind man with diabetic glaucoma. My grandmother was, was deaf. Well, so oh my, my grandparents had um, um, communication was different. And, you know, I think that's, you know, that was just our trait. Genetically, you know, we're all pretty anxious uh, in my family. I knew it. Um, I'll, I'll go there in high school. Um, large head, chronic acne, um, <laughs> lots of nicknames and bullying through school. So yeah, I okay. just kept uh, sort of going to you know, okay. removing myself 
uh, away from conflict. And that's kind of been the nature of my journey is I, I don't step up and face adversity well. I kind of retreat and you know, hope it goes away. Yeah. And I've always known that since my teen years. Okay. And but with golf, you say you got to sort of four, but you became a very good amateur. Became a very good amateur later in life. So okay. this is where life gets interesting. Um, married at uh, 25, married my first girlfriend, uh, beautiful Jill. We met in 1989, um, university, uh, teaching in small country towns. Uh, 1998, um, my first daughter's born with Down syndrome. So at this stage, I'm 28 and I'm still playing a four or five, never mm. broken par. I'm, I'm a good country golfer. But I've never gone anywhere. What and what, what is Griffith's Golf Club like? So at this stage, I've gone from Griffith, which is a flat track with raised greens, little saucers turned upside down. I go to university. I play at Wagga City. I then get posted to Oakland, small country town. I play uh, pennant golf down at Corowa. So I can't get in the ones because in front of me is Marcus Fraser, Adam Fraser, Marcus's caddy. Uh, Jason Wallace and James McLean, who went on, who held an NCAA record that Tiger beat. So I was always in the shadows and never believed enough in myself. And anxiety always pulled a handbrake on the last three or four holes and stopped me from breaking part. Right. So I'm in so, parts. So, 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 sorry. Yep. So what anxiety stopped you from from those fi- on those final three holes? What actually? Ha- so what happens? Because I, I, I don't reckon you're alone, and I think probably 80% of amateur golfers get to the 17th or 16th and with a really good score and literally shit themselves. So how did it arrive for you? Like how did so it mine, work for mine's you? Mine's always been expectations. Okay. So, you, so you start on the tee and I'm competing today and let's say I'm playing in the uh, Parks Open and it's a 27-hole event and I'm saying, well, I want to shoot par to be competitive. And... I keep a running tally in my head and I'm checklisting where I am on performance. And as I get further behind schedule, I start to get more anxious. You Mm. press harder. Uh, Instead of just staying in the rhythm and letting it flow and signing for the scorecard and seeing what will be, there's this imaginary line you're chasing. Yeah, but but isn't that normal? Like, don't don't we all do that? It is, but I... Well, it's for, for a lot. The people that I've seen in my golfing career that dominate give themselves permission not to go there. They just have uh, faith, confidence, and they hit the shot. So I didn't win my first tournament until I was 28. Um, Emily had been born. World's turned upside down with Down syndrome. Don't play in the club championships. We have a tournament that's the Twin Towns Parks Forbes. You play one round at each. My mates dragged me out of my, my black hole at that stage of, you know, the world has crashed in on us. I shoot a 78 around Parks. I go to Forbes the next weekend, shoot 72. I'm sort of, I'm in la-la land, you know, dealing Mm. with stuff at home. I win the tournament. Um, And all of a sudden, in the next three to four months, I go from being a four or five marker to a one marker. My daughter with her intellectual disability and her needs took away from me my selfishness and my, my desire to have everything for me. And it was just, now I'm... I'm fortunate to be out in a golf course yeah. and I'm playing, I'm playing free. And I think that continued for a long time until, you know, the, the great triangle in mental health of anxiety coupled with stress manifests as a depression. And we'll probably get to that later, but I had a really good 10 year period from 28 
sort of into my 40s where golf flowed. Head was clear. Yeah. Expectations suddenly disappeared. And, and you had another daughter in this time as well. Yeah, and- I had a, had a um, second daughter, Ashley. And as you know, when you, when you have kids, the world survives on people volunteering in sporting clubs and, and agencies. So I've got lots of distractions. Um, I'm not practicing as much as I should, but for whatever reason, mm. I'm still able to. So, know, all right. So just to extrapolate that back to the everyday golfer. Yep. It's that when you've got something on your mind, inevitably you'll play badly because you're thinking about what you've got on. If you get, if golf is your escape, and you allow yourself to actually just go out there and I've got, I've got well, we five hear, hours. We hear it as the zone. I, People say you get in the zone. Yeah. And the zone is when um, the noise and the chatter in your brain stops. Mm. And you know, I have lots of voices in my head at different times on the golf course depending on the stress. But when the stress is not there, like yesterday we, we had a practice round around Long Reef, played with two amazing expat South African guys, Andre and Roger. They was just intrigued by the clubs that we were playing and we were talking and explaining and, and the golf was easy, it flowed. Yeah. What'd you shoot? Uh, we played 11 holes because we got in late. We, yeah. we got in, you know, the, we, in Wagga, we can go out at any time and play and you get a comfortable three hour, 18 holes in and we're, we're spoiled. We're playing with guys here on a, yeah, on a, a two and a half thousand dollar waiting list and <laughs> we've, 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 we've driven six hours, yeah. we've checked in. We've got to seven o'clock and we've gone, we're tapping out. Yeah, know? right, right. So we played 12 holes and and in reality, um, I was scouting the greens out, you know, mm. been fortunate. I've, I've played uh, in a couple of Australian amateurs and I'll, I always go back to the great Lester Peterson. You know, when you're playing a golf course for the first time, walk around with some golf balls and just roll them around the greens okay. and see what the contours do. So, so, so you still haven't said what you shot? Uh, I don't know what I shot because oh, oh, okay. <laughs> uh, didn't didn't hole out um, okay. on a lot of holes. Hit some good shots, hit some bad shots. Yeah, right. But it was a practice round. Yeah, no worries. Mm. Okay, so just to to put it in perspective, um, by the time this you're hearing this, we're probably two weeks past the Australian yes um, Hickory Championships, and you may well be a third time winner. And they're coming from everywhere. They're coming down from. There's a whole mob for it coming down from Queensland and Victoria, and so it's it's quite exciting. Anyway, back to the story. Sorry, I, I, I interrupted. People who know me will know that I jump all over. Yeah, the place. yeah. No, I think I, I I took you down that road. So all right. Um, so you're playing freely. You've got your two kids. Your mind's clear. You're doing volunteer work with the clubs and the sports associations. You've got Emily that you're still, you know, is that sort of more difficult area? But your golf is better. My golf is better, yeah. Okay, so what what went what went awry? So what went awry for me was um, so currently I'm a principal, New South Wales Department of Education. So in my uh, journey through the Are you ranks, high school or well, primary, I'm I'm high school. Uh, started off as a biology chemistry teacher. I've spent a lifetime teaching in central schools, working with rural and remote education, and we we made a choice. Um, to move from the safety of West Wylong when we were living at that stage where my wife's parents were to come to Wagga for disability services. Yeah. And that's when I went from being in small, comfortable schools back into a bigger environment where a lot more kids, uh, a lot more uh, issues. And, and it was just being middle executive and having to solve everyone else's problems. So uh, I'm always trying to you know, create a win-win for everyone, but I, I worked out in hindsight at my own expense. 
So just the accumulated punches, little ones, big ones, um, and not dealing with it. So I'm going down this journey of I'm starting to get panic attacks and you know, getting a bit stressful and you know, turning up to work and adrenaline's in the system and you're on edge. And I go back to 2011, I'm playing the New South Wales Mid-Amateur, um, one of the courses around Cessnock. So my, my brain starts to get a bit clouded from this point on with the depression. Is, is it also clouded with expectation? Like are you going, you th- are you, is, is it a double-edged sort of sword that you're, that you're fighting there that you're going yeah hang on, I, I am I'm, a bit I'm, I'm a show here well I, I play I go into the last round and I'm yeah. three off the lead yeah and I played that round with uh, the guy who ended up winning it and I start off as par five I'm front edge for two if I knock it up close birdie good start my hands don't work and I walk off with a double and uh, my hands aren't responding and my heart's racing and I'm panicking and I think I'm about six holes in and I might be eight or nine over for the round and this gentleman, I'd love to remember his name, but I, I don't, and I apologise. He said, what the hell's going on with you? <laughs> and I just looked him in the eye and I said, I think I'm having a panic attack on the wow. golf course for the first time. And I owned it. And I freed up there and played reasonably coming home. But at that point, I knew that the anxiety and the stress in my life had crossed over into my, my safe space, which was golf. Yeah. And Disaster. Disaster. I drive home, go and see a doctor, and that starts the journey of medication and seeing people. And we fast forward a few more months and it's club championships at Wagga Country Club and you know, you're one of the favourites and so I play and I'm still sabotaging. So what are you playing off at this point? You're still, still off? Uh, one. One, yeah. One. Um, we're not new handicap system at that stage. So when people say they were a scratch marker, you know, to be a scratch marker back in the day, you had to play 10 rounds on 10 different golf courses under par to get certified. So I never could be a scratch marker because I never met the standard. When the right. new handicap system came in... I automatically went to being a, a scratch marker and I thought, okay, I'm not a genuine scratch marker like oh I knew God. back in the day. Yeah, right. There wasn't plus handicaps, you know, as such. You were, yeah. you were certified scratch marker. Scratch, yeah. So I'm at the golf. Uh, certified scratch. I'm, so I'm at Wagga and I sabotage. I'm trying to self-sabotage the first weekend and I, I shoot whatever I shoot and I'm around the lead. I come to the next weekend. I still don't want to be there. I'm anxious. My, I'm still trying to work out medication. Um, I get, I'm in the last group on the last day and, you know, I'm fighting all these demons and I get to the 16th and I remember parts of this vividly, but there's, there's real holes in it. 16th of par five, I had a good drive, um, three went over trees onto the green of an eagle putt, but all of a sudden, and I've never seen this before, really, the carts come in and there's like 60, 80 people watching and I'm getting anxious and my medication's kicking up and I'm, I think I went three putt, par Par four, I went fairway, miss green left, chip up, three putt. Then on the last is the famous par three at Wagga Country Club, which you know, the myth is that Steve Elkington had a hole in one on the last round of the club championship to win to beat his brother. And I stand up thinking, well, I've got to play a good shot here. Hit the edge of the green, go over the side into the garden. I'm shot at this stage. Mm. People, are, Someone's grabbed my bag and trying to caddy for me to calm me down and I'll walk into the garden, chop out, hit it up on the green, take my putt, walk, walk away. With four. With four, I lose. I think I um, lost to a lost to a great golfer. And the thing I do vividly remember is shake hands, sign cards. I sit down. And this someone walked over to me and said, "Man, I hope you've got a dog because you need to kick the hell out of it when you go home." <laughs> and that's a very Wagga response, isn't it? And 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 I just said, "Mate, leave me alone. I don't want to be here." Yeah. 
I think I went into presentation. I'm cloudy at this stage because yeah. the medication's kicked in. And I walk home and I make the decision. That's it. Golf is done. Never playing again. I'm heartbroken, devastated, embarrassed in front of everyone. It's over. I'm going to find something else to do. So I go home and wallow for a few months. Did you... Did you... Did you find another sport in that no. time? So you just sat there on Saturdays going, oh, I might as well mow. No, I started, I started collecting golf clubs. Did you? Yeah. Oh, okay. So I, I, so I still had- what was the best set you got? Ooh, I've got a nice set of um, Cobra, Greg Norman, reverse muscles, one through to Sandwich. Um, yeah, and I've, I've got the-, the the okay. deep face titanium driver in there. Never get the Merriman three wood. They're just impossible to get. But I did <clears> score <throat> on the golfauction.com a Greg Norman personal uh, Callaway three wood out of his collection because he's selling yeah, his yeah. gear up to come home. So the, the, the Normans you're talking about, the reverse, that's not the really tiny cavity back signature Greg Norman. No, Normans. no, no. They're the, they start off as a blade and then as they come up, they have more mass on the top. So they're a copy of the the Johnny Miller iron that he won in, at Oakmont in 1973. Yeah. So they're the famous Macobras. Yeah. So they're, right, they're, I... they're, pretty, they're pretty sweet. Okay. Have you ever seen a black cobra steel shaft? Have you ever heard of that? No. Okay. It sounds a bit like a, maybe a Phil Rogers sandwich. But I I, I've, um, <laughs> yeah, I've, I've probably got 30-odd sets at home. I'm, I'm a bit of a uh, collector. You just, go down to the dream husband. You are. I, I go down to the, the tip shop and uh, like I've got a... Who doesn't? I've got a, I think we're the same person. We are. I've got a cracking set of Joey Powell blades, mm. PGIs, one through to sand iron, matching set, beautiful leather grips, five bucks. You know, they just sit in the collection as my greatest pick. I've shot par with them, so I've kind of got clubs of different eras and, you know, and you've got a mental note of what you've shot. And yeah. So I range from Hickory's 1920s, Pyrotones 1930s, 1940s, um, 60s, 70s, I've got all the eras. Right. And, and I had to go and buy a modern set of clubs uh, to play in tournaments because I had no legal irons. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. I saw on Gumtree four hickory clubs for 100 bucks. So, you know what? They look great on the wall in my man cave. Happened to be that they were immaculate, beautiful shafts and very playable. So fate steps in there. I, I buy a set of hickories in this period of, you know, hating the game. I probably bought more clubs in that era than any yeah, other. Yeah. 
But you have to though. That's yeah, and that was it. I, it's golf's in me. Like we'll get to it later, but you know, I'm of Scottish heritage, and I I believe that it's in my genes to play golf, and I, I I've got evidence for that later when we we talk about maybe a, a tour to Scotland. But I've got the three four hickories on the wall, and. I read an article about this Australian guy, Al Grieve, who mm. travels to America and plays in the US Open with Hickory Clubs and he wins it. At Oakmont, right? No. no, no um, which one? French Lick. So, so French Lick. And, um, okay. Um, I read this and he's, he's an advocate for the Hickory game in Australia and talks about the Australian Hickory Championships and this camaraderie of people. And I just go, you know what? That's given me the inspiration to get back into the game. So I start collecting. Okay, so so was it – it wasn't his story. It must have been the way he – well, could have been his story, but it must have been the way he talked about it. Oh, it absolutely was. So because because that's that's the thing with the, with hickories. Everyone I've spoken to who loves them, it's the way they talk about them that makes you go, jeez. So well, what did he say? Like, Well, he, he spoke about the journey. Um, so he went with his family. And he talked about this um, fraternity of people that were like-minded golf tragics who accepted anybody and everybody and celebrated equally what everyone brought to the game, whether it was the history or the club collecting or the playmaking. And then there's also that little bit in the background going, now, an Aussie from country Queensland saddles up now and rides into the big smoke and, and wins the prize. Mm. So there's a little bit of that too. And I'm desperately looking for motivation to stay connected with, you know, my great passion in golf is hitting irons. I just love hitting the ball. Yeah. So I start collecting all these clubs and the date's coming closer. So I bought the bullet and I enter. And you know, So you're worried about that? Yeah. So I didn't even book accommodation. This is how silly my brain's running at this stage so i drive from wagga to carnarvon play presentation get in the car drive home all in one day i'm still not in a great place but i haven't played 18 holes with hickories yet i've played four five six holes in those practice rounds i've broken half my clubs i'm buying more i've i'm i'm in survival mode i've got to save these clubs at work until i get to the, the tournament um i think i shoot six over I feel free. I'm relieved that I've made 18 holes. I've broken two clubs along the way. Yeah. How? um, The clubs. Mm. Um, So I had this driver and it was pretty um, shallow face drive, not much loft. You've got in the sand. I hit it and it just cracks in the neck. So, all right, that one doesn't work. I'll go to my second one. I I was that desperate. I had two putters in the bag. Yeah, right. (laughs) And the one was an iron. You hear it crack and you go, well, can't use it. So it's devastating, isn't it? Well... It is because they're, they're museum pieces. They're historical artifacts. Yeah. You work so hard to acquire them and then you destroy them. Yeah, yeah. But they hang proudly right. in my, my golf room because they symbolise um, the journey. They're not the most in, it's not the most important club in my collection, but they are very important because they take me back to a good place was when I shoot six over, I wind up in a three-person playoff for the Australian Championships in my first time around. And... Al Greaves on the tee. Who's this bloke? Who's this bloke riding in on his horse from Wagga? That's right. Like some bloke from Queensland coming to America. Yeah, right. And I've cracked my driver, so I'm down to a long iron. So I remember I hit my long iron. Al Greaves stands up and 
pulls out the famous Donaldson and hits this slinging drawer and knocks it 100 past me. Now, I've got to give a shout-out to Al because we call that a grieve. That's an Australian hickory term. He just grieves one around the corner, power, power draw. And we get up in the green, you know, we, uh, we, I think we par. One guy drops out, so it's Al and I. We go to the next hole and Al tells a great story of how I hit my first putt and I go to the bag and get my second putter to putt out. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, I lose and mm. he's ecstatic because it's his first Australian title. I'm relieved that I've survived 18 holes and I, I haven't had any anxiety and I'm thinking there's hope in this journey. Yeah. So, so why, what is it about hickories that makes you feel that way? There's no expectations because they're 100 years old. Mm. They might break. The, the flex and the torque is different. Each club is unique. And even though I've got match sets, there's still... You know, a little subtlety and nuance with each club. So you turn up each day and, you know, there's no expectation. So I'm looking, you know, Tuesday at Long Reef for the, the Australian Championships. There's no expectation. To me now, it's can I walk the 18 holes, complete it, not have a meltdown, and let's see what the journey has brought. Yeah, is it also, and, and this, is, this is what I suspect, it, it's that you literally, you don't really know how well the ball's going to go when you hit it. Like you literally go, uh, like I thought that was a brilliant swing or that was awful and it's flown. And sometimes you might hit it 40 metres, literally 40 metres further with a, a mid-iron because it just you get it perfectly. Well, I think I, I got really lucky in that um, and we'll introduce Lockie Wilson, uh, my friend. Um, Lockie um, has been a great mentor for me and, one of his great skills is that he makes handmade acoustic guitars. So that skill uh, crossed over into pulling apart golf clubs and then checking to see their weights and their loft and lie angles. And we actually fine-tune the clubs to get them more playable. So there's still a bit of dispersion, mm. but I think what allowed me to really be a reasonable hickory golfer was I had, I had good equipment. Yeah. And... I've listened to your beautiful um, podcast with um, Short Game Wizard, Phil Baird, flick the, <laughs> flick the match, strike the match. Um, I played with, played with um, Met Phil and Phil was just like me in my early journey, playing with a mixed bag. Yeah. Well, Lockie here got Phil's clubs and tuned them up and next year Phil Baird comes out and tunes us up and wins yeah. the Australian Championship. So, so Phil's won the championship. Yeah, Phil's won it. He didn't let that slip. So he's an Australian champion. Yeah, right. So... Um, what we've, what we, I think the journey, the, the role that Lock, Lockie and I have played in Hickory Golf over the last few years is accessibility for country golfers, but we've challenged people to look at their equipment as tools and set them up the best way they can so that, you know, I feel a bit embarrassed at times. I had, I had a six-year run where I won two Australian titles and came second four times, and I'm beating PGA pros who are turning up, hiring some clubs, and going through that journey of oh, this one goes sharp right, this one goes left, that one broke. And by the time they sort their clubs out, I've, got, I've had five or six holes advantage on them and got yeah. in front a little bit. So I, I've act- actively pushed in the Hickory game in Australia to move to the, uh, the Queensland model where we can use reproduction clubs so that everyone can have a high quality uh, modern wood and mm. a niblick that gets out of the sand so that the enjoyment of the games there because 
if you're hitting awful shots, it's very easy to walk away and say, I'm never playing this game again. It sucks. But if you can get the ball out of the middle reliably and it goes well, roughly, then you're hooked. So, okay, so that's interesting. And I'm not sure I necessarily agree with – I mean, I understand it because we all want to be better. So Lockie Wilson's the voice you heard chuckling away there. <laughs> the guitar maker um, and also club tuner. So Lockie historically were – did the pros in the olden days, yep. you know, the turn of the century, last century, were they tuning their clubs the way that you're tuning clubs now? Well, <clears throat> no, not really. I mean, the joys of a loft and line machine. I own one. Right, right. <laughs> and I had it adjusted. Which, so which guitar do you make on that? <laughs> <laughs> uh, but I got it adjusted. Mond her from Golf Mechanics to Taiwan. I got him to build me extra specially high platforms to go with it because when you come off the top of the hosel in a hickory club, the, the wood's still fat. So if you put the bar against it, you're not actually getting a true reading. So, yeah, right. so I got him to adjust set for me. Plus he also made special jaws for hickory clubs because there's so much fatter to get around yeah. for my bending bar. So now I've got set up that works for making adjustments. Um, you can't rely on the lines, because you know, I mean, a lot of these old clubs don't have lines, they've just got dimples. Mm. So and some have get, nothing at all. <laughs> well, you basically got to go by feel after that to a degree because you can only uh, put it in the thing, bend it to what you reckon's right, and then drop it on the ground, see how it looks. Yeah. Okay. And but I have done also take a match set of say Mizuno irons, and I know that one's exactly at sixty-three and a half degrees, or whatever. And I can put the two clubs beside you, each other, and go. Well, they're both the same length. Um, so this one here. If I hold the two heads together, if they're flat to each other, yeah. guess what? It's the same length, the same lies what my normal iron is here. So you can do a bit of matching with a, a modern set visually. Um, but certainly lie angle's probably more important than loft. Yeah. I mean, if your toe's way high, good luck, sunshine, you're going left. Right. And if your toe's way low, well, good luck, sunshine, again, because the toe's going to hit the ground, you're going to go right all day. Okay. You so know. there's some but some basic fundamentals that you finally go in the, well, that's what in the hickories found, as well. Which mm. is why I brought my loft and lie machine down to Carnarvon. Right. And Phil said, oh, great, come with me. We set up in the shed. Go through these for me. This one's too steep. This one's this. And the next year he turns up when now I've dusted his clubs, he wins. He said, you know. <laughs> <laughs> and you're nodding away. Yeah, well, yeah. I want to jump in here because the question was, you know, where does that sit in the history of the game? Like, yeah. I want you to research David Graham. David Graham is an Australian club-making guru. and Not, pro- not David Graham, the player? Yes. Oh, so, same one. So, He's so, a club-maker as well. No, well, he, he was one of the chief guys behind McGregor's success. But on tour, the legend has it that anyone who's having trouble with a club would go and find David Graham. He'd walk over to a door and he would adjust the club the perfectly for them. So there's been people over the years who have had this eye for fine-tuning a club, whether it's in a, in a vice or yeah. in a door. And so there's always been that manipulation to a, an approximate standard. So, you know, what does a mashy roughly look like right and what does a the difference between a mashie and a spade mashie and a mashie niblick so what are the head shapes and what are the lofts and lie angles and weights so it's it's kind of always been around and i love the story of uh bobby jones breaks the shaft in Jeannie deans his driver he goes through you know there are hundreds of shafts he finds three he brings it down to one that's as close as he can find to the original Jeannie deans that he loved and you know so 
club making and club adjusting has been around yeah. forever and a day. Yeah. Some people say that we've probably pushed the boundaries a little bit, but um, we want to make – the clubs have to be playable. Yeah. If you enjoy the game. If you, if you hit a dog and you have a, a dog shot, you're going to walk off and go and do something yeah, else. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I suppose that's the thing is that um, – that, I mean, what I, what, I, what I like is the random aspect to it mm. and the fact that you can literally hit the greatest shot of your life and, and then – <laughs> and then try and think you do exactly the same thing. You've got to remember the sweet spot on these things is about the size of your little fingernail. Yeah. So, so what's the joy then? So, like, what is the joy of it? But, is, right, let me go back to when he introduced me to the game. Yeah. I'm on the first tee at the country club. It's January-ish. It, it, it's got, and I said, look, you're on your own. I'll come for a hit with you. We never had, met. Never met. Okay, so but he had this funny brown bag over his shoulder and his funny clubs and... Then we get to the first and the second, and we're about 150 out on the third. And he says, You want to have a go? And I said, Yeah, I'd love to. He gives me this club, and I nail the thing to the middle of the green. Yeah. And it felt like, you know, when you hit a really sweet cricket shot? Yeah. And it just. No, but anyway. <laughs> you know, when you just absolutely time it out of the willow? Yeah. It was that feel. Right. And I'm going, Oh, how good. Show down another one. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Nail it again and put it on two on the green. Oh, let me now they go. Oh, this one was spewed right. But yeah, I'm going, how long has this been going on for? I'm in. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> and uh, you say, oh, a couple hundred years, I suppose. <laughs> yeah. Oh, look, I'm going to get me some of these. This is fantastic. Yeah. yeah I mean, that lovely feel of the, uh, of the, because you've got to use a soft ball. You know, you can't run around with your pro Vs on these things. It's like hitting road metal. Yeah, you got to go down to something not a hundred compression, more fifty and below. Yeah, you know, like Wilson duos and that sort of you know, super softs and what do you? What do you? I mean, I, I think I play the Srixen soft feel. Yeah. So I so I was a Callaway super soft. I'm I'm playing the Srixen lady, which uh, some people say is the soft feel, just with um, with pink, pink on with it pink for, right for, from <laughs> promotional point of view. But any any uh, any stress from the fellas up there in Wagga when you pull no. the lady out and go. No, because going back when I was playing, I actually played the the precept lady, lady yeah, or um, well, was the precept laddie. Um, yeah, but it was a, that was the lady, <laughs> and then they changed the name because too many guys were getting it was a great ball. But if we go back, so the first time I meet Lockie, I'm I'm using it was a Forgan Scotia, um, mashie that he's hit, and that is the most important club in my golf collection. It sits with pride uh, above all because that club introduced me to Lockie. It unlocked a pathway. Um, a 10-year journey as mates where we've travelled around Australia and, and outside of Australia playing hickory golf. So to you, me... You've been to Scotland, you two. Yeah, we, we went to Scotland. <laughs> just like this. I'm, I'm, I'm just about to fly out to uh, US to go skiing and there's a flood. And I think I'll get back from that. And, of course, in the same year he comes, he says, you know, I've just looked at the program for this school year and guess what? The World Hickories are on exactly at the same time as the school holidays in September. What do you reckon? And I said, oh, I'd, I'd have to check with the Chancellor of the Exchequer on this one. <laughs> We've known each other for five months at this yeah, stage. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I'd be, I'd be and going. And she said, oh. no, go for it. Sounds like a lot of fun. Well, I'm in the car driving to Melbourne. Next thing you know, he says, I paid all the money. The boat flights are booked. We're on our way. <laughs> and I said, oh. All right. Uh, you, oh, sorry. And, and I've never been overseas. This is the sorry. first time. Oh, you meant Scotland, Scotland? Yes. Yeah, you, you meant the 30 hour flight, Scotland? <laughs> yeah, it took 40 for us in the end. Yeah, right. Yeah. Missed flights and then things that I didn't connect. And oh, God knows what happened. But anyway, we finally get there and it was a magnificent time. And so are they, 
what I mean, are there are there more hickory players over there? Is it in England's th- big, but even bigger in Sweden. Yeah. They get two hundred to a tournament in Sweden. When you're competing on the internet to buy really high quality stuff to to buy, you'll get done in by the Swedes. They'll spend two thousand, three thousand per club. Right, okay. Right. And so what about if you're at a tournament in in Scotland? A hundred people? Um and are they better? Well, I so the year we played was 2013. Um, we played at Montrose and Paolo Carucci won it, so European Tour Pro. Um, Andrew Marshall, who I got to meet, um, PGA Tour Pro, he's, he's first time around. He finishes top five. I think I finished uh, third top amateur, finished 10th. Um, and were you happy with that? Yeah, I was. Um, but I, I was happy that I'd confronted... More the, the fear of travelling overseas. Like Lockie could tell numerous stories about my anxiety overseas in a new country and trying to control the emotions of golf and expectations and travel and the whole lot. But I made some friendships that have lasted a lifetime mm. and it gave me a new uh, confidence in myself that I could do things. I wasn't just this country boy who was scared to drive into Sydney and get out really quickly. So, you know, now I've... I've played golf at Royal Melbourne and Royal Queen, Queensland and Brisbane and, and I don't feel like I'm an intruder or an outsider. I yeah. feel like that, you know, I can hold my head up and I'm so, comfortable to be in that environment. Yeah. So just to digress slightly, your crisis of confidence from when you were a kid. So you said, you know, you had a big head and you had the acne and I sort of laughed when you said the acne because I'm like, I had just... And Pizza Face was my nickname at high school. I mean, it's a, like it's kind of it's kind of funny at the time. It's not it's, much, it's, it's not it's not funny, but you sort of look back and go, "Far out, we all." Um, but is that is is that the basis? So if if somehow you had have been able to figure out a way, or someone had have noticed and figured you out, and I mean that respectfully, worked it out back then it would have changed everything moving on or it was just this is just a dark cloud hanging back there and I just think it, I, I think it's in my genes yeah uh, it's it's in my family makeup um, it was meant to be because I love where I am I love where I am today yeah I love the fact that I'm able to take leave and be playing hickory golf in Sydney I've got a beautiful wife two beautiful kids amazing friends um, I can't change that journey because it, it probably changes where I am today oh, yeah. We're so, so I, 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 I love I didn't enjoy it at the time. No. But it, it steeled me and made me stronger. And, you know, there's a whole other podcast on, you know, generations and dealing with anxiety and yeah. societal issues. But for me, um, it pointed me to golf. Right. And it gave me a direction. So I obsess so over the, it. Yeah. So it's the game that actually absolutely punches your face in eight games. I'll tell you a story. Eight, eight, okay, go on. Eight games out of ten. Please do. Round Lockie. one, Montrose. Celebrating its 450th year mm. since it started. A couple of hundred years before Cook and the boys turned up here. Um, wind was howling. And the first nine, the first hole wasn't, but the second hole right through to about eight or nine was just this wind behind you the whole way. And it couldn't control the ball. I mean, I was hitting five irons, 200 and something yards because once it got on the ground, it just couldn't stop the damn thing. So I've gone out about... I don't know, 46 or something like that off the stick. Mm. And down That's not bad, Hickory's. Oh, no, no, but... Wait, on, what did you play off? Um, I was off about... I'm off eight at the moment, but I was about 10, 12 then. Um, so 
Darren is having an absolute meltdown going down this this nine. I mean, he was frozen. His hands were frozen. And Hang on, you frozen mentally, frozen oh, or mentally it's and and it's temperature. Cold. So it's okay, the double right. double barrel. And I was watching this guy go through that manic low that he goes through, yeah. big time. And I'm going, oh, this is not good. Right, <laughs> this is not good. But anyway, everything turned around almost like that because I think his competitive genes jumped out because on the back nine coming home back into the wind. Um, you could suddenly control the damn thing. Yeah. Okay. And I came back and two over off the stick. Wow. Okay. And he saw that and he said, well, I'm not letting that guy do that to me. Next thing you know, he's <laughs> the competitive juices jump up and go, well, hell, <laughs> he's not going to beat me. And he got going again. And next thing you know, I think he shot the same score, didn't you? About two over, wasn't it? Somewhere around there. But I, 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 I kicked back in. Yeah. You know, I was at the point where it was, you know, You've self-sabotaged that point that you're looking for exit strategies. And, you know, you're going down the spiral and, and somehow, and golf's beautiful for this, you'll hit a great shot and then suddenly hope emerges. Yeah, but and when someone says to you, oh, that'll bring you back, that's when I want to punch them. <laughs> <laughs> it's like someone saying to your putt, go in and never does. I know, it's like, shut it's up. My, my putt, leave it alone. Don't you touch my putt. <laughs> I mean, my brother always says, get your mouth off my ball. <laughs> no, I agree, but there's, I think then the, there's, there's elements of your, your natural character that come out and I think the competitive side kicked in. Yeah. And, you know, then you, you, you're often going in because for me it's always that fear of I, I don't belong. You know, I'm in the deep end of the pool. I don't belong here. Yeah. I'm going to drown. Let's just go back to safety. Like the great analogy is I come down to the coast here. I love the beach. I love the water. But I'll, I'll find a beach where I've always got my feet under me. Yeah. Okay. If I'm bobbing around I can't touch the ground. Well, I'm, I'm panicking a little bit. Okay, so you didn't want to swim this morning, so I had to swim this morning. That's <laughs> <laughs> in the northern beaches of Sydney. And I noticed that the surf lifesavers out on the jet ski, and I went, well, that usually means a shark, right? But yeah. surely someone would say, hey, there's a shark. Yeah. So you're going to do the swim. Come yeah. in, and then the sign's up. And, they, and he actually said, that we had a big one this morning, and then there's three or four others, so everyone get out of the water. So today was not the day to be swimming. Yeah. I, so in my role as an educator... Um, I work in environmental education now, do a lot with Aboriginal education. I, yeah. And I think the hickory golf and then elements of my work, I found a way to be grounded. Yeah. My feet firmly on the ground and I feel comfortable. Put me in the deep end where I can't feel the ground yeah. and then I struggle. So okay. I'm, I've got much better at placing myself in environments and that feel comfortable. So interesting story. We go back to last year, club championships been working with the juniors in the club and they go come and play the championships come and play the championships you're still off one you know you should be playing it so i pay my entry fee pay, you know i'm eligible for all four rounds getting closer to the first day i'm practicing getting really edgy and i just go no nah, i'm not doing it you know people going you've, you've wasted your money you know you've paid for it you won't get a <laughs> refund and i go you know what it was a cheap psychology yeah, appointment yeah. that i went through yeah because if i play the four rounds and have a meltdown then i'm back where back i started with, yeah. So having the ability now to say, no, I don't need to do that. Mm. It's not. Oh, so you didn't play? I didn't play. I, Darren. I, I rang up and... You be, would have won it. <laughs> no, no, no. Darren, you idiot. No, no. we got, we got well, members I, like I might have finished four and yeah, plus but, six and plus eight. Yeah, right. But, but um, <laughs> yeah, it was kind of that journey of can I dip my toe back in the water and can I go for 72 holes against the big boys? And I think, you know what? 51, I'm declining. I don't need this. Um, you know... 
Is it is it a, is it also a matter of um, well, and, and I wonder if that this will happen that you just change your um, perspective on things and go, okay, well, I'm I'd like to play in the club championships. I don't expect to win the club championships, but I can represent well as a, a man in my fifties, and and I'll start playing master pennants instead of trying to be in the pennant team. Well, we don't have master pennants out there, so that we, you know, we've kind of lost a lot of avenues to participate. But I, I think the one thing about golf that um, really uh, humbles us is that everyone can draw up the perfect shot in their eyes' mind. Everyone can occasionally hit the perfect shot. Everyone dreams of still having you know, that perfect round um, can't remember the movie, but the the priest out in the rain and he oh, Caddyshack. Caddyshack, yeah. And <laughs> How yeah, good God, yeah. And it, I think we still have. There's always hope in golf because you can hit that perfect shot, and if and if you string a few of them together and get onto a roll, well, you have a good day. Mm. So I still, in my mind, think that I can par every course I step onto. But you know, when you step onto Royal Melbourne with hickory clubs and you know forty kilometre hour plus winds coming out of the north that would normally lead to the golf course being shut down. You're going... Did I mention I just, the stint reading of about 16? Yeah, oh, wow. it was, it, How was that? It, oh. it was an experience of a lifetime. So this is where it's really embarrassing sitting here. You're Australian champion. I win 2017 at Long Reef. 2018, I'm defending champ at Royal Melbourne. So I turn up. So I'm the ceremonial figure. You know, Dag from country New South Wales, invited to play for the Royal Melbourne Golf Club against the... Royal Queensland Golf Club on the day before around Royal Melbourne East and sitting in rooms that legends yeah. of the game have been yeah. in. Yeah. And I'm sitting there yeah. just going, Jeez. Uh, this, I'm, uh, I'm going to get done here. Someone's going to... I wish I wasn't wearing jeans. <laughs> someone's going to walk me out here. And, you know, you get to meet Warren Smith. You know, uh, you meet people, you know, I meet people that I would never have dared imagine meeting. I'm playing on golf courses that I have no right to be on. Mm. And I'm there because of a mental breakdown, some hickory golf clubs on the yeah. wall, playing hickory golf with the greatest tribe of people yeah. and being fortunate enough to, to win an event. Like when I, I won at Carnarvon one year and they, I'd lost three, I'd come second three times. So they didn't post the scores and they didn't announce everything and everyone was in on the deal. You know, Darren's won, he's going to really enjoy this. We'll hide it from him. Well, what do you think that does to my anxiety? I'm sitting there going through, have I, haven't so, I? Yeah, sorry, go on. So, you know, you finally win it. And this is the other part about mental health. And a lot of my youngest daughters uh, had a pretty good, or pretty significant post-traumatic stress disorder uh, battle. Uh, she's playing, playing soccer, broke her legs pretty bad. Um, after winning that, there was no elation or joy or triumphant internal celebration was okay job done what's the next job yeah right and when i talk to people who've been through that ptsd battle which i haven't they often say the same you see footballers and others go well i won the grand final there's the trophy yay um what next yeah and that's kind of the the residue the residual effect of having had depression and being on medication is the emotions are a bit mixed so i actually enjoy like yesterday was great Two new guys walking around talking about the game of golf, letting them hit, introducing people. Like, well, I got they, great they satisfaction. to play with the clubs. Yeah. So I got great satisfaction out of that. Can I hit with that, that one, please? Can I hit with that no, one? No. Yeah, no. We, we didn't lose. It's, yeah, okay. It's interesting because it, people smash them. Yeah, they break. I mean, I, 
no, I know, but like Al Grieve had one break at Newcastle last night, and he's yeah, right. on his way down. He's yeah, he's got a replacement. Yeah, but I got replacement shafts. You have? Yeah, I got. I over the years I've done 15, 20 sets of. You see the putter that see the putter on the ground. This is just a by the by. If you grab the one with the wooden with the head cover on it with the thing, the woolly one. So just before we get to because this is where I want to go. If people want to play hickories. Can they? What's the best way in? Is it buying a? Because so this is my nervousness about what you guys have both been talking about. Is that fully matched sets, properly weighted, bent? You know the whole shebang. It, it that put feels like a wall to actually. Well, we've actually been building clubs to get into circulation so that we can have pros and amateurs participate. Um, the way I look at it is that Australia has a limited population, a limited number of people who could afford to buy golf clubs. Yeah. And over 100 years, there's been attrition. And what's uh, been what's suffered the most has been the, the wooden-headed clubs, the, the drivers, the, the brassies, the bulldogs, the spoons and things like that. So when you do find one, you guard it with your life. So you know, Alan Greaves, the Donaldson, he, he only brings it out for the Australian Championships but he plays reproduction clubs every other day. So I primarily, I probably play 90% of my golf with my hickories and I'll use a reproduction driver and I've got, I've probably got three playable sets, but I will comfortably allow somebody to use my clubs because if they break, I'll just replace it. Yeah, you're right. Because we've, I've, we've got to a point of confidence uh, with what we're doing that you know they're not going to break. So... But- I remember, you probably remember the first time you hit a hickory, you stood over and go, I'll hit this at about 50% because well, I don't want to break it. I did, and then I snapped the head off uh, wood, <laughs> I, and yeah. I was devastated, devastated. Mm. Like, genuinely, I th- nearly cried, and I had to call the guy, and I was so, he goes, don't worry about it. And I'm like, oh, you must have a thousand of them, mm. but, you know. And that was the old guy up in yeah, Castle Tommy's. Hill. Tommy, yeah. Tommy. Tommy Moore. Tommy, Tommy Moore. Moore. But Tommy Moore will openly tell you that... For 20, 30 years, he chopped up thousands of hickory for golf wood. clubs for wood and to make ex- shaft extenders and yeah. uh, you don't know what you don't know back then. Okay, so if you want to get a set, uh, 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 look, obviously we're, you know, this is that ridiculous preaching to, to the converted. If you want to get in, if you want to have a, a thought into the game, you can either hire a set from the, you'll, there should be some hickory society somewhere near you or if you were going to buy some on, in eBay or Gumtree or something, you're looking at a, a wooden club, three irons to start and a putter. Does that sound about right? It does. I, I'd, I'd take a different approach. Um, I'd walk up to a person who's playing with them and ask. They'll but usually, all, but such kooks. <laughs> <laughs> I know. Dressed up. But we, we probably had 10 people walk up to us yesterday at Longreef and ask mm. and talk. And you know, Andre said, I've got two sets sitting at home with my grandfather's yeah, from South yeah. Africa. And, and I said, can get, you get those get down to, um, to, to Phil Baird or even like uh, Tim Sayers mm. at Bankstown Golf? He's great at club making. He works, I think, powerful in golf, so he's a master technician. But for me, it's hit some good ones. So I was in Queensland two years ago and Al Grieve and I were playing at Hickory event with two pros out of the pro shop and they had the higher sets, which were good, but we kind of said, look, if you guys want to get the real experience, you play with my clubs, you play with owls. And they went out and shot lights out and they said, we're hooked. So I think you've got to give the, the pros 
gear that they like. So yeah. I'm keen to get Gowie into the game. Like that's my goal. He's like, no interest. He has none? None at all. If if you put a great set of clubs in his hands and he not, hit one out of the middle, I think there might flick a little bit of a switch. But Well, yeah, we've talked about it and he's like literally no, it's just... Well, it's he's still competitive. Land. I think he's still competitive yeah. in chasing that. Um, but for the average person, like, so the options are, you know, reproduction clubs are a good way to get into it. Again, if at a price point, you can order them from over in America at Louisville Golf or Tadmore. Uh, there's St. Andrews Golf in Scotland. There's, there's companies are doing it. Um, but sometimes it's the challenge of finding the clubs and mm. putting together the set. So, yeah. I've got my club sitting here beside me. I've got a, a reproduction driver, reproduction sandwich. But my goal has been to put together a set of Tom Stewart irons. Uh, Tom Stewart's workshop was on the back of the 18th green at St. Andrews. Uh, they're the Mizuno of the Hickories. They're beautiful clubs. Uh, each one's got a different identity. It's got a stamp saying uh, who it was made by or for. They've all got different patterns on the face. They're all of different years, but... It's taken a while to do that. And that's been... So they're getting a run in these championships for the first time because I finally put a set together. Okay. So what's the, what's the one thing we should all try and experience in the game of golf before we leave it? I mean, you nearly lost it, nearly left it. That's a really, really good question. Uh, for me, I would say a lot of golfers, it's just the feeling of a, a middled shot follows the path that you've drawn up and you and you go that'll do yeah you know it's i didn't like cricket because the ball was moving um as a kid i loved t-ball the ball was stationary once i got to softball and baseball it was harder yeah right so for me it was the the old uh genetic warrior and you know the hunter gatherer and you know find a target aim at the target hit the target i've made my purpose you know march on well in golf we get to do that 72 or 90 or 100 times so i think it's the profound thing is in golf if you can see your target aim at your target and hit your target you've won free will and whether that's a putt a chip yeah a bunker shot and celebrate the freedom of that moment and that's i think that's my drug my you know my drugs in life are my wife and my kids and my family my friends and being in the zone of having command of the golf ball hitting it in the center and having it respond the way I want. And it's not always there with Hickory, but when it is, it feels great. All right. What about you, Lockie? I like it when I'm in the zone. I'm to- totally focused. I have nothing else going on in my head but the next shot. Yeah. But if you, when you want to, before you leave golf, what should, or before anyone leaves golf, so say they're thinking about playing and then to, exp- what should they, should it be traveling? Should it be playing with a bare knuckle oh, fighter? I mean, should it be... I mean, to, to live in Australia and not play in the morning in the peninsula would be a crime. There's some <laughs> of the finest golf courses on the planet. Mm. To do that one that Phil Baird talked, yeah, do the peninsula, zip across, do Barn Burgle, do the Lost Farm, come back to Cape Wickham. I mean, that's heaven. The, yeah. whole, the whole lot's heaven. The legends, the PGA, you know, Cape Shank, yeah. you know, the, the national if you can get on. St. Andrews, whatever it is. I mean... To me, that's golf heaven. I just think that's, you know, if I had to live somewhere. So travel. travel, definitely travel. Play well. Now, let me ask you one last thing, Darren. We're playing today together in the foursomes. I'm not very good. You I are, think you're selling yourself short. No, 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 no. Uh, okay, so my clubs are literally, oh, I like the look of that one on the 
intranet or whatever, right? Oh. So, no, I can play. Hmm. But so I'm, with you dealing with anxiety, my level of anxiety now is... <laughs> so my purpose today is to make your round enjoyable so that you, can, you get to experience the beauty of Hickory Golf. Yeah. So I feel like my role now is an advocate for the game and Hickory Golf introduces collecting, history, playing, community. It's all the, the aspects that make the game great. There's still the, the integrity, the self-policing, you know, the trust, handing yourself over to meet new people on the tee and find common ground for four hours going back and having a drink. I, I think what made me hopefully the man I am today are all the mentors that allowed me to have four or five hours with them as a junior golfer and to see what you should and shouldn't do on a golf course because we do meet some rogues who, mm. who push boundaries and having the confidence to stand up and say, I'm sorry, but you didn't have four, you had seven. <laughs> you used the foot wedge back there. Yeah, you, yeah, yeah. And I, I, that my leather mashy. You saw that, didn't <laughs> yeah. You? Well, look, I'm really, I'm, I've really enjoyed our time together. I'm really looking forward to this afternoon. I think it'll be good. It's I think split. he brought you a set of clubs. They're in the car. I've actually got a second set of clubs uh, uh, for someone to use. Oh, okay. Yeah, there'll be someone. I, look, I still think I'll have one of the best bags there. So that leather thing with the original. Plastic. You um, didn't make that out of a um, no, no, uh, lounge chair that no, you no, stole no, in the Northern no, Beaches. I passed two here this morning, actually. Did you? Did you? But they were, they were funky green. I'll tell Phil. He loves it. <laughs> um, no, that bags, that's an original 1910 and the first set exactly of extendable legs. Like. Oh, I love it. So, oh, I got the legs. Yeah. So, yeah, put, just stand it. If you just stand it up, you'll see it's, it's literally. It has two. Yeah. So. Now, Lockie's just admiring them. With, if, it's, it extends yeah. out like and now the, the the kangaroo uh, <laughs> for wood cover. Like it's yeah. it's a it's a thing of beauty and glory. Yeah, it's good fun. All right, so listen, thanks for your time today. Um, I really so love the, the opportunity Watt and Lockie, and I'm looking forward to today. And I and I do th- and I really, it is about the joy of hitting great shots, but it's the the joy of failure as well, and and just you know having it, just trying something, and the community because they're all you know it's pretty nutty. And it's nice as guys like Tim and his mates come in who are younger to, you know. That's our goal. If we, um, there's some, a lot of pros who have been very successful and competitive over the years. And as you get older and your skills drop off a little bit, you, you want to find a place where you're still competitive and you belong and the juices can yeah. flow. And, and for some people, Hickory Golf is that. Tim Sayers has shot some great rounds. Uh, Alex Sutherland, another Sydney professional. He won down at Royal, Royal Melbourne. We're, yeah. we're introducing some people to the game. And I'm really proud that I can turn up now and go, you know, if I finish top five amongst these pros, I'll take that Yeah, because we're growing the game. Yeah. All right. Good on you, fellas. Thanks for your time. Thank you. Um, really, really looking forward to today. So am I. So am I. Let's play well. So there he is, Darren Watt and his mate, Lockie Wilson. Um, good fellas. We did play in the foursomes. Uh, that was at Warringah. Thanks, Rob Richards, for hosting everyone. It was terrific. Uh, course was brilliant. We, jeez, you know, I don't know. Have you ever played foursomes? You know, it, you take it one shot, then the next person takes the next shot. And you're not meant to apologise. But my God, that little, well, should we say, 36-incher that I missed was devastating. The sky ball, 
the uh, what else did I do? It was shit, actually. But Darren did well, and this shows what a spiritual being he is. Uh, he didn't say anything. He just, uh, good on you, Andrew. So anyway, we came forth. <laughs> um, if you're interested in playing the Australian Hickory Shaft Championships for 2022, they'll be held at Royal Queensland. It's a good chance to actually play that course, and that's later in the year. So just have a little Google and see if you can find it. If you haven't got clubs, they'll rent them to you. It's a nice bunch of people. Everyone's into it, uh, and it's fun. It Flat out, it's just fun, and I think um, that's a great way to see the game. So thanks for listening. I hope you enjoyed it. Uh, something new for next week. Thanks. Bye. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. The secret to visibly firmer, summer-ready skin is here. Osea's number one best-selling Andaria Algae Body Oil. Clinically proven to instantly improve skin elasticity and transform dull, dry skin to silky, soft, and unbelievably glowing. Rich yet never greasy, Andaria Algae Body Oil is formulated with sustainably sourced seaweed to help replenish the skin's moisture barrier and seven nourishing active botanical oils for results you can see and feel all over. The best part? It's signature scent. A blend of freshly squeezed grapefruit, cypress, and mango mandarin transports you to sun-kissed summer days. This all-natural scent is unforgettable. Everything Osea makes is clean, vegan, cruelty-free, and climate-neutral certified, so you never have to choose between your values and your best skin. Get healthy, glowing skin for summer with clean, vegan skincare from Osea. Get 10% off your first order site-wide with code GLOW at oseamalibu.com. That's O-S-E-A Malibu dot com code GLOW.